Hi, I'm Connie Wilkes. I'm Marlene Nelson. I'm Jerry Gropp. And I'm Sherry Spute. And our last names make up the acronym WINGS. We're just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation, Under His Wings. If we look around us and into our history, we will find patterns. You know, we see them everywhere. We see patterns in nature. For example, we're currently enjoying the fall season, where in our part of the world, the leaves on the trees, they're turning these beautiful, magnificent colors of yellow, red, orange, and they're soon going to drop to the ground, and the trees will be dormant for a bit. And then, of course, in the spring, we find those buds on the tree that eventually become these beautiful new green leaves, and the pattern repeats itself year after year. We also see patterns in history and in the scriptures. Why do you think the Lord used patterns to teach us? Well, I feel like patterns give me a sense of security. You yeah. know, they mm-hmm. teach they teach me anyway that I can be assured that the next step is going to come, right? Mm-hmm. Summer's mm-hmm. always going to come after spring, and I don't know, that's just comforting, especially with how cold it is right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Patterns can teach us about life and about how God works. Currently, my husband and I are teaching a class on the second coming of the Lord, uh. and as Sorry. Yes, it's so good. Thanks, Connie. My husband loves to point out the patterns that we see in the scriptures and how they can prepare us for that grand event when the Lord returns again. Throughout time, God has followed a pattern that gives us guidance and direction, and he does this through prophets. He has called specific men, specific prophets for specific times, like Noah, Abraham, and Moses. They were men called of God, to guide the people in their day, and then to give them direction according to God's will at that time and for their generation. And because God loves his children today, just like he did in ancient days, like he has for forever, he's not left us here to walk alone. He's given us modern-day prophets to lead us, to share God's will concerning our generation, to keep us safe, and to help us deal with modern-day challenges. And I believe, most importantly, to testify of Jesus Christ and to help us draw closer to him. Yeah, and that's probably their most important role is Mm -hmm. to testify of Jesus Christ. And in the scriptures, we hear a prophet described as a watchman on the tower. So what do you think that means? Well, the word watchman in Ezekiel refers to a man who was assigned to stand on the wall or in a tower in order to look out and warn of dangers approaching from afar. Watchtowers were common structures in ancient Israel, and watchmen were used to protect cities as well as vineyards, fields, and pastures from animals and thieves. Well, a watchman on a tower is just exactly what it sounds like somebody watching and ready to warn of danger. And think of Moses. He could see what would become of the children of Israel if they didn't get out of Egypt. The Lord sent him to warn the people to repent and to prepare to leave Egypt. Well, none of those people could foresee how they could ever escape these yeah. Egyptians, right? And But we know that the Lord knew. And he used Moses as a prophet an instrument to do God's will. So what about Noah? 
Well, he was a prophet. Even though only a few of his family members would actually listen to him, he was still sent to warn and do God's will, no matter what the people around him thought of him. In many of the later books of the Old Testament, the prophets are pleading with Israel to come back to Jesus. Haven't you loved that? Mm-hmm. Just that plea and... And it's just beautiful. And that is their clarion call from the tops of their watchtowers. They see what's ahead and there is no time to waste. And we, us here sitting around this table, can testify of the importance of prophets and the ongoing need we have of a prophet today. We need a prophet as much today for our spiritual safety as the people of Noah's time needed one for their physical safety. You're absolutely right. You know, interesting, we had a YSA state conference recently, and they shared a great analogy that goes right along with this. Um, how many of us have grabbed a hot pan when <laughs> hot pads were literally inches away? Yeah. Especially if it's going to fall off the stove. Yeah. And just, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe not applied sunscreen when we know how miserable the sunburn is. Yep. Um, sometimes we disregard the safety of a helmet while riding a motorcycle. Or we forget to wear work gloves when we know they can protect us from injuries. But our disregarding these safety items is at our physical peril. But we also have had so many ways and means to provide us spiritual safety. So here's a question I asked myself recently. Am I discarding our prophet's counsel? Do I say, yeah, I see that helmet. I'll grab it when I need it. But (laughs) then I go about my bike ride without it. I can't help but express my deepest gratitude that I believe in a living prophet, but I need to follow him. I need to do what he says, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, and I think, you know, really this world would just seem so daunting to face without direction. So today let's, let's talk about our prophet's recent guiding, directing counsel. Um, Connie, before we go into the prophet's counsel today, can I just say that this is obviously something that is unique to our church. So those that are listening, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe in prophets. Our prophet, Russell M. Nelson, is the president of our church, but he's also the prophet for the whole world. And I don't just take that for granted. I have asked God myself, He has witnessed to me through the Holy Ghost that President Russell M. Nelson is a prophet of God. Have any of you had an experience that helped you know that the prophet was God's mouthpiece on the earth? I I remember as a teenager receiving a witness that Spencer W. Kimball was a prophet, but I don't really remember the details surrounding it. You know, and then I think for years, I just kind of trusted in the process of the Lord's selection Um, for those that are not of our faith. When the current living prophet passes away, then the senior apostle becomes our next prophet. But um, with our last two prophets, I've had a very powerful and distinct witness. And I was lucky enough to be present in the conference center in Salt Lake when President Monson was first sustained as a prophet. And I remember I'd been praying for a couple of weeks to know if he truly was a prophet of God. I'd been questioning a few things um, at that time and just really needed to know. And I hoped that um, when when we were given the opportunity to raise our hands to sustain him, that that, maybe then, you know, Mm -hmm. I would receive that Mm -hmm. witness. But 
I'll never forget as the tens of thousands of us stood as he entered the room to walk to his seat, the Holy Spirit filled my entire being from head to toe. Just that warm, wonderful feeling and assurance that this man truly is a prophet of God. Well, you know, Sherry, really what you were feeling was the fact that all the keys of the priesthood were coming into that room mm-hmm. because the prophet of the Lord has the the keys of the priesthood. And so there is a power. There really is a like strong power. A real, right. real life power. Exactly. Yeah. That you but, can sense, yeah. Because, Cher, when um, I remember, I wasn't in the conference center. I was just at home. Mm-hmm. But I totally remember watching conference and that same feeling in my home of the minute that I saw him, I, I felt that same overwhelming, oh my gosh, this is the prophet of God. And it was just, it was just that overwhelming peace and knowledge that, that that's who it was. And I will just not ever forget that either. You know, even those not of our faith can feel it. Uh, Sherry Dew told an amazing story when she gave a talk at BYU Hawaii called Prophet C Around the Corner. She told of an experience that she had personally while she was with President Nelson. They were standing outside the government palace in Lima, Peru, as they were waiting for President Nelson to go and talk to the president of Peru. But as President Nelson stepped out of the car, there was a tour guide standing nearby who noticed him. And she looked over and she said, who is that man? And the guide, you know, before they could even respond, this guide called out to President Nelson, will you please bless Peru? President Nelson could have been any dignitary. How did she know that he could actually bless Peru? Because she felt something. Yeah, amazing. And then once again, I had an unexpected witness the morning that President Nelson spoke to us um, after the passing of President Monson. It was a Tuesday or Thursday morning because I remember I was hustling around the house getting ready for preschool and I kind of just planned to listen to him speak while I was preparing the room. But as he started to speak, I was just drawn to the computer, which I had sitting at my table, and I went and sat down. And as I heard his voice, and as I sat and listened, I just was completely absorbed by what he was saying. And once again, that strong witness came into my heart so powerfully that I just had tears streaming down my face. And I just remember the next thing I knew, I heard ding dong. And, then, you know, I had a dozen little four-year-olds <laughs> waiting to come in. And Aww, uh, I was running around, sweet. but oh, it was a very sweet experience. And so really anyone, whether they're a member of our church or not, can know that, that there's a prophet on the earth and that what he speaks is truth. Like we said, a prophet testifies of Jesus Christ and teaches what he would teach so anyone can know. As you listen to us tell the words that they speak, listen for that truth. President Russell M. Nelson spoke three times over the weekend during our 192nd semi-annual general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in his Sunday morning talk, he focused on the rest offered by Jesus Christ. He defined rest in Christ as relief and peace from the spiritually and emotionally exhausting plagues of the world, including arrogance, pride, 
anger, immorality, hatred, greed, jealousy, and fear. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Good list. (laughs) And he also told listeners they are divinely loved. He said, quote, I assure you that our Heavenly Father and His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, love you. They are intimately aware of your circumstances, your goodness, your needs, and your prayers for help. Again and again, I pray for you to feel their love for you. It's interesting, just recently, um, I was having one of those days and going, you know, how could God really love me? I know He loves me because He loves everybody, but how could He love me? And it happened to probably went through a day like that. And then I went and read President Nelson's message. And I read where he said, God intimately loves you. And I'm going, and that word intimately just hit my heart to the core. And I just go, okay, he does. So that was such a beautiful message to me um, from God Mm -hmm. to us through a living prophet. Um, I love that President Nelson felt impressed to share that message. That just hit me personally, and I think when someone feels loved, they are more willing to listen. Mm-hmm. President Nelson issued at least five invitations to church members during the conference. So let's share these. Okay, so his first invitation was that he invited all to learn to overcome quote, this sin-saturated, self-centered, and often exhausting world, end quote. I love those words. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow, does that describe it or what? Yeah. His second invitation was he encouraged all people to take charge of their own testimonies and to feed that testimony truth. Don't pollute it with false philosophies of unbelieving men and women. Mm-hmm. Important. Very important. The third invitation was he directly encouraged people to study the church's resources on abuse. President Nelson unequivocally condemned all kinds of abuse. And the fourth invitation, he asked us to protect children. Yeah, I actually just finished my safety training a couple of weeks ago. For those of us Mm -hmm. that uh, work with children and youth in our church, we're required to take a training and then review that training every three years to remind us how to keep children and youth safe and protected and to watch for abuse and how to report it. The fifth invitation from President Nelson was he asked us to focus on the temple in ways that we have never done before. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that in our next podcast. Yeah. So after I read the summary of President Nelson's invitation and details, and you know, what we just shared was just a very abbreviated synopsis of his counsel, by the way. Um, But I was immediately struck with how important it is that we take his counsel. I mean, that seems so obvious. (laughs) But in the same thought, I wondered if I was taking his counsel seriously. And I came across a fantastic video series by Anthony Sweat. And he did, um, he just kind of addressed this very topic. How do we respond to the voice of modern-day prophets? It's probably why I peaked, it piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, and this has been really, he said, a question throughout the history of time. And he said it's to be the greatest challenge of every generation of how they respond to the voice of the prophet. So we're not alone in this. It's right. not just our, our generation. And the central question in the restoration has not just been, do I have faith in Jesus Christ? But it's also been... How do I respond to Jesus Christ's servants who are revealing God's will 
governing his church, leading his kingdom as we move forward line upon line in this continuing restoration, Mm -hmm. unquote. Yeah, I have heard some say, if we want to know how well we stand with the Lord, then let us ask ourselves how well we stand with his mortal captain. How close do our lives harmonize with the Lord's anointed, the living prophet? I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. When my kids were littles, we had one rule. And I would ask the kids, what's our rule? And they would say, what the prophet says is the rule. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it was easy, (laughs) one-liner. But it taught us the same things Jesus taught us, right? Be kind, be helpful, serve others, don't have contention. Yeah. That was the rule. (laughs) And it's a good rule to have. And I think if somebody's trying to look at this man and determine whether he is a prophet or or not, it makes me think of the scripture that says, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Yeah, because basically he's saying um, in the scriptures, like Mm -hmm. figs don't come from a thistle bush and grapes don't come from a thorn bush. They come from good plants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, think about fruit. What does it do? It nourishes us yeah, and it tastes sweet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, When I hear the words of the prophet, they are sweet and literally feed my soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they do. Mine too. That's really a great analogy for what the words of the prophet can do for us. Listening to a Latter-day prophet can help us discern truth. I love it when we can look to past stories about prophets in the Bible and see from our hindsight view that what prophets of old prophesied about came to pass. How important is it that we learn from their experiences? Really, so important, isn't it? After seeing that pattern of fulfilled prophecy, that helps us know that we'd better prepare for the future events like the second coming that are also prophesied in Scripture because we Mm -hmm. can count on the fact that those two will come true. They're (laughs) going to come to pass. And some might ask us, well, how do you know we have a living prophet today? Well... Of course, we can and should receive that confirmation by the Holy Spirit. But we also have that hindsight-type perspective already on things revealed to us by modern-day prophets. For example, the home-centered, church-supported curriculum in Come, Follow Me, which is Mm -hmm. our study, scripture study program. You know, it was released just shortly before COVID hit. And there's no doubt in my mind now that the prophet was preparing us to be able to continue to worship at home. Mm-hmm. With just, with no break. I mean, like with no, yeah. how do I do yeah. it? Yeah. How is this going to work? What are we going to do now? Yeah. What mm-hmm. am I going to do with my family? I mean, it was We didn't even incredible. skip a beat. Seems we had seamless. at least a whole year mm-hmm. of studying Come mm-hmm. Follow Me and learning how to do that in our homes. It, yeah. Before it even happened. Yeah. It was just beautiful. That all came out before we were shut down, put in quarantine, because we couldn't worship together in large groups anymore. Uh, My sister's co-worker, he just turned to her one day and said, so what are you guys doing since you can't go to church? And she goes, well, actually, we had a prophet tell us what we were going to do, and we didn't even know why, and we started doing it, so we haven't even really had a problem. And he was like, what? <laughs> oh, that is so that cool. I know. So cool. Yeah. That's, she was able to testify. Testify of a prophet. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Another example, I think, would be the p- proclamation on the family that we were given back in 1995. Mm-hmm. You know, now it seems pretty clear as to why we received that. But I remember at the time just thinking, what? This, this is such basic, basic. 
doctrine yeah. that almost everybody I know of approves of and agrees with. And yeah, so why? absolutely right because why the proclamation we told that you know that we marriage is between a man and a woman, mm -hmm. and that families are central to God's plan, and that parents are supposed to raise their children in love and righteousness, and 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 that they deserve to have a mother and a father, right? And so interesting at the time in 1995. Yeah, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was course. all pretty basic. And gender mm -hmm. was another thing mentioned. Mm -hmm. And probably at the time, we're thinking, well, of course, you know, there's just men are born men and women are born women, and gender was important before we even came here. Okay, and now today, and now today, these are things so that many are questioning, really grappling yeah. for people. Right, we can see why it needed to be clarified because all of those truths that seemed so obvious before, they've been muddied. You know, in today's world. So recognizing a prophet and knowing what his role is and what he does for the world is really important. Yeah. And President Hinckley it was asked, and he's a former prophet, he was asked the question on national TV years ago. And they asked, what is your role? You're the leader of a major religion. What's your role? Well, he replied, my role is to declare doctrine. My role is to stand as an example before the people. My role is to be a voice in defense of the truth. And my role is to stand as a conservator of those values which are important in our civilization and our society. My role is to lead. I, I so remember mm -hmm. that interview. Yes, I'm getting old. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and he was just so cute and so witty, and he answered every question question with such dignity and sincerity. And I think I'd also add to that list, Jerry, that what our modern day prophets have been called to do is to be a special witness of Jesus Christ. That is such an important role. And I feel like they testify of him in everything that they do and say. Yeah, they really do. You know, he shared more about that TV interview in a later general conference. So the interview was in 1998. And that general conference talk came right after that. And then he explained more and he said that that question was asked to him completely off the cuff. It wasn't a prepared question right. that he even knew was coming. Was and cool. and he, he really didn't expect it. Um, well, I thought his answer was fantastic. Yeah. He knew who, who he was. Mm -hmm. He didn't even skip a beat when he answered that. He knew his role. But then he talked in that conference talk of many other questions that church leaders and invariably they're asked by media or other churches. Can you guess what those questions were? They're the same exact ones that we grapple with today. Like, what is the Mormon doctrine of deity or of God? What is your church's attitude toward homosexuality? What is your position on abor abortion? What is the church's position on polygamy? Uh, to what do you attribute the growth of the church? What about spouse and child abuse? How does the church finance its operations? And now we can add yeah. to that list of questions that just seem to keep coming. And so I found it really interesting to know that when he was prompted to tell us about what those vexing problems are, President Nelson then said, despite the distractions and distortions that swirl around us, you can find true rest, meaning relief and peace, even amid your most vexing problems. This important truth prompts three fundamental questions. First, what does it mean to overcome the world? Second, how do we do it? And third, 
How does overcoming the world bless our lives? What does it mean to overcome the world? Well, to me, it means overcoming the temptation to care more about the things of this world than the things of God. I think it also means trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men. You know, when you said that it means overcoming the temptation to care about the things of the world more than things of God. And on the way over here today, I was just listening to Christian radio and this song came on and it in the words said, help me want the healer more than the healing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I turned the music off just so I could process that a little bit. And, oh, I just thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, like... Know, help me want the healer, even if the healing doesn't come, or right. you know, more than I want that blessing. Let me just oh. want a relationship with him. Oh, good. Yeah, and that I is so that. good. That's powerful. That, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. I also think it means delighting in truth. For sure. Denouncing deception and becoming humble followers of Christ. So it means choosing to refrain from anything that drives the spirit away. It means being willing to give away even our favorite sins. Yeah, our favorite sins. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Do you guys have any favorite sins that are hard to give up? Well, it's not my favorite, but <laughs> I have a really hard time not yelling and getting angry at the cars in front of me. <laughs> okay, I still yell at people. And I haven't learned to give that one up yet. I just can't quite. But, you know, as as I was thinking about what the prophet said there, um, I used to feel like I couldn't go anywhere that the spirit wasn't, right? That I had to be careful. But as you said that, the prophet says to refrain from anything that drives the spirit away. And, you know, I happen to love going out to the prison to teach. It's just one of my favorite things. And, you know, you think about the prison, and it might not be a place that the spirit's going to dwell, right? You think that that might be a place that drives the spirit away. Well, but I had, I have had some amazing spiritual experiences teaching out there. It is beautiful. And I think it's what we carry in our heart more than where we are. That's awesome. And, you know, just remember that the world's going to follow you around wherever you go. It's what you bring to it that really counts. Mm -hmm. Very insightful. The Lord reveals his will to living prophets now as he did in the past. Their teachings reflect the will of the Lord who declared Quote, what I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, and I excuse not myself. And though the heavens and the earth pass away, my word shall not pass away, but shall all be fulfilled, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants. It is the same. End quote. Counsels and warnings from prophets aren't always received with gratitude. Mm-hmm. President Nelson recently said, quote, it is precisely because we do care deeply about all of God's children, that we proclaim his truth. They may not always tell people what they want to hear. Prophets are rarely popular. (laughs) Poor things. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, Marlene. You know, they don't always tell us what we want to hear. Most of the time, 
I, I am in complete agreement with what I've heard our prophets teach and encourage us to do. But I'll admit that a couple of years ago when the prophet came out and asked us to wear masks and be vaccinated to help beat the COVID-19 pandemic, I was one of those that wasn't really excited about it. And it definitely wasn't something I wanted to hear at the time. And I think it was the first time that I ever really questioned anything that a prophet had asked us to do. And I spent a lot of time praying about it. I'm grateful that you know, the prophet has told us to do that, to seek confirmation ourselves, to go to the spirit and and ask the Lord, what is right? What is truth? Right. I think that's why you know he's a man of God, because he's saying, go and ask the Lord if this is what you feel right. is right. I he's mean, not asking us no. for blind obedience. Uh-uh. Never not has a prophet asked us for blind obedience. Because there's been a lot of things over the years that people have struggled with. And they have questioned. And isn't that really where we find what we really believe in? Absolutely. Is asking yep. those hard, hard questions. Mm-hmm. And being able to be okay even sometimes when we don't understand. I think that's 100%. that's part of it. It's it's like, okay, I am not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here. I don't like what you said. <laughs> right. And I'm going to have to figure, figure out, out how to get around this or how to get through it. Yep. But yeah. I'm not I'm not going because the Lord has already told me that you're a prophet of God. Exactly. And because I had received that strong witness, that President Nelson is a prophet of God, that was easier for me to do, to navigate that difficult situation. Right. You know, but the adversary, he is set on confusing us and leading us away from God. He is ever vigilant in his efforts to draw us into the muddy waters. And his evil influence is to distract, deflect, and disprove what any prophet has ever said, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't go about directing his followers to profess their prophets, but if he is a mimicker or a counterfeiter or a deceiver, he will most likely attempt to present his philosophies directly counter to God's. Yep. So sometimes we think of those that lead others astray as false prophets. And the scriptures warn of false prophets and wolves in sheep's clothing. They usually do tell us what we want to hear. And many times they're very popular, Mm -hmm. you know, versus a prophet who's not popular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) President Spencer W. Kimball said, quote, simple truths are often rejected in favor of the much less demanding philosophies of men. And this is another cause for the rejection of the prophets, end quote. Yep. Because everybody wants to question what the prophet has said. And right now, thanks to the internet and social media, if you want to believe a certain thing, you know, whether it's truth or not, you're going to be able to go out there and find information to support it. Oh, yeah. And to find your tribe that will get behind you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. So our tribe is following the prophet. <laughs> if you want a tribe, come join ours. <laughs> and we don't do that blindly. We had a discussion with our kids the other day that once you received a witness that that is a man of God and he is a prophet, even if you immediately try to go about doing what he says, it doesn't mean you're following him blindly. You've already received that witness. Absolutely. He is a prophet. Yeah, great mm-hmm. point. And great we know point. that the Lord is not going to allow that prophet to lead us astray. He might not be perfect and might have made mistakes in his life, but he will never be allowed 
to lead, lead the church astray. astray. Yeah. So if a prophet is to declare doctrine and truth, then what would a false prophet declare? Perhaps, like you mentioned, Jerry, the philosophies of men mingled with just enough scripture that some less knowledgeable and experienced are going to be deceived. Mm-hmm. You might ask yourself, what is a false doctrine Satan is declaring today? Because they are all around us. Sherry, when we think about those things that are taught by individuals on social media, in the news, or from Hollywood that are leading people away from God, his prophets, and church today, it is usually driven by one or more of the following things. First thing is the purse. I think it is obvious that many of the philosophies pulling us away from Christ center around money and getting gain. Money can be a great motivator, not only for those that lead, but for those that follow. For sure. You never know a true person until a situation is comes up with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely sadly true. Right. Yeah, that is sadly true. true. And the second thing is power. So many are motivated by the power that comes with having people follow them on the different social media platforms. Power and pride is a great motivator as well as that money. We see this in politics, as well as among some Hollywood music stars. They are less concerned with truth and more concerned about what will gain them popularity. Mm -hmm. I've seen some social media accounts go from a few hundred followers to a few thousand as soon as they step away from espousing certain Christian doctrine or at Mm. least teachings to the more popular opinions of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the third thing is the pleasure. And kind of goes right along with all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The scriptures call it following after the lusts of the flesh. And I liked the International Standard Version of 1 John 2.16, where it says, For everything that is in the world, the desire for fleshly gratification, the desire for possessions, and worldly arrogance is not from the Father, but from the world. Yeah, it's fighting against that natural man that Mm -hmm. is a part of all of us that we are trying to overcome. So we can be certain that a prophet of God is not going to teach these things. And anyone that is would be a false prophet. And that's putting it pretty bluntly. But even if they don't claim themselves to be a prophet, right? What they're professing is. Yeah. Being a false prophet. Mm -hmm. So, and isn't it crazy that we live in a world where people are getting in? endorphins and dopamine from things like seeing likes on social mm-hmm. media and the number of followers followers they have and they feel excited when they hear that ding that comes with the notification they that do. gratification and it just seems to spiral mm-hmm. i think they just say ooh ah just like an endorphin it's like okay i need yeah. more i need more uh-huh. i need more and how am i going to get it and that dopamine is yeah, real i mean it it's, truly it's is. Tr- proven that they get I, that hit i was i came across the most incredible story. And I I really think it kind of gives you an idea of how exactly these kinds of things go. Because there is a lot of falsehoods perpetrated on the internet right now. Mm -hmm. Things that are downright wrong, evil, and often slanderous. But they are shared over and over again in the name of getting gain. So the story that I came across, you might think it's odd to put it in false prophets category, but it kind of really cemented this to my mind in a real life situation. So there was a story about these teens and 
there was a picture shown of them in costumes. And their costumes were, they were wearing blackface and dressed as inmates, accompanied by at least one white person wearing a police costume, Mm -hmm. which is an obvious offensive thing. Mm -hmm. Well, a TikTok influencer saw that picture and posted it on her site. And the things that happened based on that just blew up. Because guess what? Somebody else who was following this TikTok influencer named those boys. Well, that, that influencer who had 1.6 million followers said, hey, you should go and call them out and you do something about this and kind of incited this rage right. on, okay, yes, was it offensive? Yeah, it was Halloween. And they're probably stupid teenage boys doing something stupid. Right. But because what, what's just horrible about it is these weren't, that wasn't those boys. Right. They it wasn't called even up the wrong their people. high school. Yeah, it wasn't. Even, it, it was wasn't 230 miles away. And they had proven exactly where those two boys were. Nowhere near that situation. That Walmart. Right. That Walmart. And so, you know, they were falsely named. The boys weren't the ones in the picture, so they had their reputation stolen and word slandered against them. But also, these boys received threats. Their families received threats. Yeah. Actually, one of the teams that one of the boys was on received threats. I mean, it just became this huge it spiraled thing. Spiraled. It did. Out and this, of control. The school that they went to, their switchboards went crazy. Right. Because all these people were calling the school and saying, you've got to do something about this. Even the emails the counselors received, they said they got thousands and were yeah. having a hard time sorting through what was this craziness going on and what was legitimately needed to be you know, addressed exactly. from concerned students and parents. So it's, it kind of just goes back to what was shared earlier in describing a false prophet. I mean, can you see how an influencer might be used by Satan through the purse, the power, and the pleasure? And I was thinking that if this influencer truly had the best of intentions by calling out a racial wrong, she should have been able to go and actually write the truth when she found out what it was. But no, that didn't happen. The TikTok influencer, her only response was, well, everything right now is alleged and we don't have any confirmation. And she said, you know, it's unclear what's really going on and whether or not these teenagers actually had anything to do with it. But either way... Utah needs to get their act together. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> and, and how sad. How, how sad mm-hmm. for everybody involved. Yep. And you can read, we'll put that, that article in our show notes. It was... It's it, powerful. It, it's you guys powerful need to go in and read those two and, articles. Yeah, yeah, those two articles. I think we've seen something similar happen to some of our apostles, even more recently in the last few months, like Brad Wilcox, in a talk that he gave... People took things out of context. They posted it on their social media. Someone else then would repost it, and all of these awful comments and things would be made on just one statement taken out of context. These people didn't even go listen to his talk, because if you would have, you would have seen that wasn't what he meant at all. Right. And not only that talk, but every talk he's ever given. They pulled it up and just said, this is... Yeah, yeah. Mis, misquote everything he says. Yeah, Elder Holland as and well. Elder Holland right? as well. We've seen right. that over the last year. So knowing that apostles and prophets really are mocked 
for teaching truth, especially today. Um, Sherry Dew was saying that she would never forget hearing the wife of an apostle admit that some passages of scripture were hard for her to read. She said, I see what happens to prophets. And when my husband gets shredded on social media for preaching truth, it feels like stoning. We just need to be really careful in what we choose to repost. And share and, share. and comment on. And and yes. what, 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 we're, what are we inciting? Yeah, And believe what mm-hmm. you are reading on social media about one of our general leaders. Right. right. Go back yes. and search yourself. Yes, and recognize what that it. much of what we're reading is people's opinions only. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's truth. Okay, so now that we see this and have a little bit of better understanding of what a false prophet or these false teachings are, what what should we do when we encounter it? We have to question what what are we reading? Yeah. Question it. Do your do your own, do your research. own research. And it's not like we're sitting here bashing on all of social media because we all use it. Oh, we yeah. all like it. Yeah. And um, it has a lot of great content yeah. in it as well. And there are some beautiful influencers out there. Right. For good. Yes. Mm-hmm. I came across the most amazing thing. Emily Bell Freeman has an in- in- Inklings Institute that she has with a bunch of followers on Instagram. And it usually follows six months of study of what the last conference was. Well, in the process of doing this, somebody said to her, you know, we're not getting your message out to the young people. They need this. And so in the process of that, they started to say, we need to get on TikTok. And Emily's like, I'm not getting on TikTok. That's just not my forum. But I'm going to invite some of these young um, kids that are really familiar with TikTok who want this message Mm -hmm. to get out. They want to be a positive influence on the TikTok community. And so she now has a segment of her Inklings Institute program with all these uplifting, incredible insights having to do with truth. And they're putting that forward on TikTok. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Hey, you should link that. We'll link that in the the show notes too. We have to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So what can we do if we encounter it? Counter it with other stuff. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. At times, it can seem pretty intimidating um, to step up and to speak out. And, of course, our response, I think, is going to be varied according to whatever the Spirit moves us to do. But I think it's important that we're not afraid of some of these big influencers that are putting all these falsehoods out there. Sometimes the Spirit's going to tell you to just hold your peace and move on. But there's going to be also times when the Spirit is going to tell you to trust your voice and to expose the untruth and to testify of what you know to be true. You probably are going to receive some backlash, so you have to be ready for it. But at that point, you just know you've got to let it roll off your back, be ready to respond with kindness, You know, not, don't engage uh, in conflict yes, right. or contention. Because as the scriptures tell us, contention is of the devil. Yes, just state your truth. Yes. Even if we feel like we're standing alone. Alone. Mm -hmm. Which on some of those platforms, that might be how you feel. Yeah. Well, in the extreme case that we shared above, the falsely accused students are fighting back. And an attorney was hired by the families in the wake of the backlash. So they are speaking up against the TikTok influencer who was spreading false information to her 1.6 million followers. And they're demanding a retraction and an apology. That's good. But the sad thing is so much 
damage has already been right. done that a simple retraction and an apology can never fix. I mean, you think about how many times people share posts that are inaccurate or accusatory and that only contain half-truths. And they hurt others' reputations by doing this. Even if the first person who posted it retracts it, the hundreds that have reposted it might not ever even see that retraction. And thereby, the deception and inaccuracy spreads, kind of like a ripple in the water when a stone has been cast into a pond. You know, I can go in and I can retrieve that stone, but I can never (laughs) undo that ripple Right. That has already been sat, sent out over the water. Ooh, what a great That's visual. A great, yeah. Yeah, wow. a great analogy. Yeah. And it's just a sample of how fast and violent something can get out of hand. And maybe this is an example of what Christians might face more drastically as the second coming nears. Mm-hmm. We know that we're going to have to defend our beliefs. Like you said, Connie, we're going to have to stand up when we feel like no one else is standing. And maybe that's why the Lord called President Oaks, who was a former Supreme Court judge, to be an apostle and who is next in line to be the prophet. Mm-hmm. Very when President Nelson dies. Yeah, very amazing. possible, Jerry. Yeah. You know, and it could be why he called our current prophet, who's a world-renowned doctor, to guide us through the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just came through, right? Yes. Yeah, the prophet Joseph Smith warned, quote, Nothing is of greater injury to the children of men than to be under the influence of a false spirit when they think they have the spirit of God, end quote. Now, we want you to listen to the words from our current prophet and see how much your feelings differ from the feelings that you had that um, Connie shared in that story earlier. Quote, as we strive to live the higher laws of Jesus Christ, Our hearts and our very natures begin to change. The Savior lifts us above the pull of this fallen world by blessing us with greater charity, humility, generosity, kindness, self-discipline, peace, and rest. Oh, that's so good. So how can you listeners gain the testimony that we have for yourselves You can pray about it and ask God yourselves. Yes, so important. And besides praying, I believe there are two additional things. I think you're going to need the Word of God and discernment, which comes through the Holy Spirit. Pray for that gift of discernment daily. It will help you recognize truth wherever you may find it, as well as help you recognize the false philosophies of the adversary that are all around us. Can I just say that it's, I believe it's why spending at least a few minutes daily in the Word of God, the Scriptures, that's so important, let's face it, because we all are going to spend time daily, either on social media or listening to others' podcasts or whatever, and I really feel that by grounding yourself in pure truth through the Scriptures, you then will be able to to better recognize the many half-truths that are out there. It's really about finding that balance, because no matter how hard we try, even in our podcast, sometimes it's our opinions that come through, right? Mm, yeah. And so it's, um, it's good to have that gift. That discernment will help us. President Nelson also said, 
Those who keep their covenants with God will become a strain of sin-resistant souls. I love that. Like, Mm -hmm. spoken from a doctor, right? (laughs) We are now a strain Mm -hmm. of... And what does this strain do? It affects other people. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And he, he goes on to say, those who keep their covenants will have the strength to resist the constant influence of the world, end quote. You know, we can be sure to keep those covenants as we follow the counsel that we receive from our prophet and apostles today. Our prophet also said, quote, but here is the grand truth. While the world insists that power, possessions, and popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not They cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) I think we might have some kids that might (laughs) argue with us on that statement a little bit. But it's true. The fleeting happiness that some possessions or pleasures and what they bring will never really be able to capture that eternal joy, that peace that comes from living the commandments and keeping our covenants. Right, right. yeah. Um, President Nelson also said the truth is that it's much more exhausting to seek happiness where you can never find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and do the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone do have the power to lift you above the pull of this world. Mm-hmm. I love the Lord's promise that we read in the Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 21. If we listen to and give heed to the words of the prophets, both ancient and modern, quote, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Yea, and the Lord God will disperse the powers of darkness from before you and cause the heavens to shake for your good and his name's glory, end quote. With prophets to guide us, we can be sure of God's will concerning us. We can be assured that when we follow the counsel of living prophets, we will be blessed, and we will be better able to navigate through the troubled times in which we live. We will find joy in spite of our challenges. And so, until next time, May you stay safely under his wings.